0: I'm really excited to have our first photographer on the show. Uh, You're going to really enjoy this one because we get personal, we get honest about her journey here. We're talking about the amazing photographer, woman, mother and artist, Carrie Reinberger. Now, Carrie has been doing this for Over two decades, she started off as a student with a Bachelor of Photography, um, leading into being a wedding photographer for a couple of decades, Um, and then going into her calling, her passion, which is really bringing her art of photography to the forefront. And that's what she does today. We talk about uh, her addiction, her alcoholism, and how she overcame that and, and what that was and how it dampened her creativity, even though at the time she'd convinced herself that being an alcoholic actually made her creativity thrive. We talk about that. We talk about also her becoming a new mum and how she, you know, found her creativity again and her craft during that period of being a mum. Carrie is also a co-author on the book, the Women Changing the World, and you can get a copy of that one there from josephinelandcuba.com forward slash books or from any great bookstore. But, you know, jump onto my website and get a pre-sale of that one. She's a co-author along with over 20 women, but we're also going to discuss some of the stories that she tells within those pages and give you a little bit of a, you know, a little bit of an insight on what you can expect within her chapters pages. Okay. I've said a lot about Carrie because I'm I'm really excited about this interview. I had a blast and I really, really enjoyed speaking with her and I think you're going to enjoy listening. Let's kick off with Carrie Reinberger. Hey there, I'm Josephine Cuba, and you're listening to Business Arts and All That Jazz. I've been immersed in the creative business world and performing arts industry for over 20 years. I know from experience that being an artist, a creative, or running a creative business can be a tough gig, but I'm here to tell you it's possible. I went from having zero dollars to my name and living below the poverty line, to then living paycheck to paycheck, to finally living a life of comfort, happiness, passion, and even stability. In this podcast, I peel back the curtain and share with you the ups and downs of my journey. Plus, I tap into the minds of creative industry experts to discover their paths to success. I know you have a spark inside of you, that little voice that tells you to reach for the stars. I want to help you step into your limelight to have the courage to live a life you dream of, a life that you design. So get ready to be entertained and inspired as we talk business, arts, and all that jazz. Welcome. We have the amazing Carrie Reinberger from Six Crows Fine Art. I'm so excited to have you here. Welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. Beautiful. And, uh, you know, look, you're the absolute first photographer we've had on business arts and all that jazz. So I am really excited because this podcast is really about embracing all creatives all creative businesses and so you know I thought it was really important to expand um, you know who we had on the show and bring on someone like yourself. Now from what I know about you from what I've read and what you've said <laughs> um, you studied three years in bachelor photography you then went on to you know being a professional wedding photographer you had a couple of decades of being a professional photographer um, you then became a you know a photography artist and we And you were even published in Vogue I mean that's quite a landscape of a career tell me how your love affair started with photography like what inspired you to get into it
1: I was very very young uh, when I first started loving photography my mother is actually a retired police officer but on the side, she did photography. So she photographed all of our friends and families' weddings. Um, she used to photograph me quite a bit growing up as well. So that's where it kind of all all began. Um, when I left high school, I applied only for two university uh, degrees. Uh, one was a Bachelor of Photography and one was a Bachelor of Musical Theatre and both very different but both really big passions of mine and I got accepted into both of them so I had to choose um, and you know I'm a big musical theater fan right <laughs> I've got my musical makers club as one of my
0: businesses so lovely um, yeah that's that's a tough call and you know having to make that decision between two different passions you know
1: it was Are you very, glad very you dear. chose photography over musical theater <laughs> um, I sometimes wonder what could have been um, but at the same time seeing where I am now um, I'm very very happy with with my choice. If you had have asked me maybe 10 years ago I would have gone, oh God I wish I had have done that Bachelor of musical theater yeah. <laughs> because I call myself a, a recovering wedding photographer. Um, <laughs> it was not it was not my passion I was I was I consider myself to be very good at it but it wasn't something that that really, spurred me to 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 go full full force like I do with my with my portrait business.
0: Yeah, and it's interesting, isn't it, because when people think of photography, um, you know, people think of it as being one dimensional, like if you're a photographer, you can photograph a wedding, you can do headshots, you can do live entertainment, whatever, but it isn't quite like that, is it?
1: No, I I think that that's perhaps in my opinion a mistake that a lot of photographers make. Um I think if you If you find what you really love um, and carve out your little niche and commit to that 100%, I think you're more likely to to succeed um, than if you try and be the all-rounder that that does everything.
0: And it comes, I mean, even in business or anything you do, I mean, you could be a singer. I mean... It, it, genres are genres right yes. so it's not it's like saying well i'm a pop singer but you know what book me for that opera gig <laughs> it's why not try not some heavy the same.
1: metal
0: <laughs> yeah it's not the same so right. i think photography is one of those art forms that people may not fully understand and i think that's because of our phones I think everybody sees themselves as a photographer you're like your face just lit up then this must be is this a pet hate of yours everybody it drives me a little bit crazy
1: because every person that you meet you say oh I'm a I'm a photographer and every second person will go me too (laughs) (laughs) yes you are um but there, there is a difference um and I think even it's it's actually something that I that I will be addressing on my page very, very soon mm-hmm. um, because a lot of photographers struggle with this, I know. Um, people don't realise that this is how I pay my mortgage. This mm-hmm. is how I feed my family. They think it's a hobby. So mm-hmm. you constantly get hit up for, well, why can't you just do it for free, just for fun? Uh, uh- or just you know, it'll it'll promote your business. I'm helping you.
0: Yes. Oh God, the old exposure card.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: Is it good for your exposure? I don't need exposure. <laughs> I've been doing this for like. That's right. I try million. to
1: very politely say I'm I'm not portfolio building. Um, I've been a photographer for 20 years now. Um, I've done my dues, even when I started up Six Crows, which I'm only in my third year of this particular business. Mm. Um, and I spent the first 12 to 18 months shooting for free. Um, I wanted to get as much of my work out there as possible. I think my losses in the first year of business were like $83,000 yeah. because I wanted to get as much of my work out there as possible, build my reputation. Um, so that I didn't have to do stuff for free for the rest of my life. So now I'm at a stage where um, when I do model calls and things like that, they get a really big discount on my packages, but I don't work for free anymore.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I love that. And I think that that is a progression that every creative needs to make. It's about drawing the line in the sand. When, when you stop um working for exposure for experience i mean i know from the beginning of my performing arts career i worked for free for probably too long and um and then i got to a point where i said right enough's enough Mm -hmm. and as soon as I made that decision it's interesting the work comes you have to make a decision and and the caliber of who you're you know you're starting to network with increases and and all of that so yeah I love that I think that you absolutely have to put a value to your art that's right
1: and it's it's funny that you say that because we got to a point um where my husband said you know time to call it it's mm. it's it's enough now and I said I have to push through because I can feel it. Like I could feel it with every bit of my body. I could feel it that I was so close to to getting there. Um, And then within another eight months of that, um, things just exploded and I hit like six figures in in that next eight months. So within two years of being in business, I created a six-figure business.
0: Yeah, and I love that because I've got a partner that sometimes calls me on my bullshit. Don't worry about that. (laughs) My partner's not creative at all by the way is yours or no Uh, no,
1: and we're getting divorced now
0: (laughs) (laughs) there you go but um you know honestly I think um sometimes you do need someone to to maybe give you a little nudge but at the same time you want them to be encouraging and it's really hard when you are a creative
1: yeah um, I'm I'm very um
0: understand you you know
1: yeah I'm very romantic and whimsical and you know think that everything is going to be rainbows and lollipops, um, so I do need grounding sometimes.
0: Yeah, I can see that actual, um, you just talk about romance and whimsical. I can see that in your work, actually. I mean, what makes your photography art? Can you decipher that? Like what's the difference between photos and photography art?
1: Uh, for me, it's it's the mood. Um, you'll probably notice that the majority of my work is dark. I'm very drawn to the dark side. Um, I recently decided to do the Candyland shoots which are very bright and I kind of did the first test shoot and I got back into my little space where I edit and I said to my mum oh my god I don't know how to do this (laughs) (laughs) I know how I want it to look in my head but I think I've screwed myself a little bit because um, I'm very very drawn to the darkness Um, so what inspires me in my work and what I think makes it painterly um, is I want my work to look like the creepy old portraits that you see hanging in the castles Mm. of you know centuries ago that's the kind of uh, look that I want with my work you don't see many smiles with my work Um, some people say it looks a little bit sad or anything like that but I say to them they just look still you don't walk around like this. No, and I agree. All, all yeah. the time. Um, so I, I don't ask the children not to smile. I don't ask them to um, look any certain way. I ask them to just be. Mm. So I'm capturing what I feel is natural.
0: Yeah, and I love that. And I actually went on, I, I had a look at your online gallery and um, I did go into the children's section and I noticed that but I I never perceived it as dark interestingly enough I, I thought they were really beautiful because you could really see the truth behind that child's eyes it's quite it's quite deep and I thought you know this is a different style that we don't normally see with children's photography you know you. how do parents feel about that?
1: Um, most parents are really good with it mm. I do find um, I usually do one smiling photo where they kind of twirl the dress a little bit and it's a little bit more fun. That's the business shop. That's the, that's the box. One. There you go, Mom. Put that's that the one the, that, that the always plane. sells um, because that's the one daddy wants, I've found. Mum <laughs> is grandma. usually yeah, yeah. <laughs> Mum is usually a little bit more open. And it's funny that you say that because grandparents usually love my style.
0: Mm. So
1: I don't know if it reminds them of their family portraits back in the day where you used to have to hold still. So they didn't smile as much back then yes. because the exposures were longer. Um, so I don't know if that's the reason, but grandparents are usually very drawn to my style. And also I, I suppose because it's, I have a very formal style to my portraits. Mm. Um, I invest heavily in gowns um, to make sure that, that they have that beautiful experience. Like one of the things I love about my studio is I have it set up that you walk in and there's racks of clothes of gorgeous couture one-of-a-kind gowns and Mm. mother and daughter or whoever it is can come in and you know go through these beautiful gowns and i feel that's really part of the experience and part of the overall um just the finished product wouldn't be the same without without that
0: yeah it's in the mood it is it's a service at the end of the day and you're providing that overall experience i love that I have to ask, you know, what is the trick to taking a good photograph? So there are two sides to this. There's the photographer's aspect and then there's the model slash subject aspect. So we'll start with the photographer. What is it that makes a great photograph from a photographer's point of view?
1: So my photography setup is nothing special whatsoever. It's a one light setup. And for the first almost two years of my business, I had a zero light setup. I used I used window light. Um wow, okay. and I had a camera that was like a decade old. So I'm literally living proof that you don't need fancy equipment and things like that. I have much fancier equipment now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but that's how I got started. And still, even now, um I have a six-foot octobox, um, which is just a really big light, and there's only one of them. Um, so I don't think there's anything particularly special going on there. Uh, for me, um, it's the editing, which did take me a, a long time to come up with my recipe, as it were. Um, and that's the one thing that I am going to have to train someone in eventually, but I find it a little bit hard to to let that go because that's, that's where I come in. I have my studio in Brisbane. Um, I trained my photographer down there to to do my style. I send her dresses, backdrops. So essentially, you know, I can train anyone to shoot. Um, but when it comes to the editing, she sends me all the files, I edit them, and then I send them back down to her for the photo reveals. So that for me is where is where the magic kind of happens.
0: Yeah, and that's interesting because I know... From my experience of very basic editing just for business purposes, like putting together a promotional reel for an advertising campaign or something. And again, super
1: basic, but it's quite time consuming. Uh, Very. I generally spend 45 minutes to an hour per image. And my top package is 15 15 photos. So regardless of um, whether you come in and only buy five, I do 15 for everybody. Mm. So it is It is a long process.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Now tell me, so that's the photographer point of view. What about the subject slash model? So what makes a good photo for a model?
1: Well, I'm always extremely flattered when people contacted me because they assume that I shoot models. Mm. Um, and I have very rarely shot people with with model experience. But I take that as a huge compliment because it means I'm doing my job and in instructing the person, um, I consider myself fairly good at posing. Um, I come from a modelling background a long, long, long time ago, and Beyond the yonder years, yep. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I like to think that I can bring out the best in in anyone. Well, certainly women. There's a reason that I don't very often shoot uh, men, yeah. and it's because that's a different energy. And um, it is something I'm I'm getting a lot more interest from teenage boys. Um, So it is something that I'm learning slowly, but I'm still learning it. Um, Give me a woman or a girl and I know how to do it any day of the week. Um, Or I'm not even going to say a woman and a girl, but I'm going to say a feminine energy because I would love nothing more than to shoot drag queens for the rest of my life. And I actually had a little boy um, who came in and he did half his shoot in a suit and half in a dress. Yes, and that's he was seven years old. Yes, and bring that on. So, you wear as many dresses as you want? yeah, um, and he, he rocked it, he rocked it out. He rocked both of them. And it's one of my you know favorite shoots ever.
0: It's interesting because, um, you know, we we met through the AusMumpreneur Network. We obviously are a part of, um, well, not obviously, obvious to us, maybe not to everyone listening, <laughs> but um, basically we're co-writing a book called The Women Changing the World. And um, you actually do talk about that whole, um, I guess, embracing that drag queen essence in there as well, along with so many other topics. Um Let's talk about that. Let's talk about the women changing the world. Now, I have to ask, what, when presented with the opportunity, what made you jump on it? Like what made you think, yeah, I want to do this? Have you written before?
1: It's really funny because um, a lot of what I contributed to the book I had already written. When I was um, pregnant with my first child and, and just after I had her, I had actually started writing a book. Um, I consider myself to be a little bit humorous and I wanted something, I wanted to release something that was that was funny and about uh, pregnancy in kind of 35-year-old women because that's how old I was when I gave birth, I was 35. Um, so I started writing down all these things and I'm an only child, so I didn't have any siblings. I hadn't seen anyone around me um, really have kids I was completely clueless in other words (laughs) and being a romantic you can imagine how I thought it was going to be versus how it actually was so I had already started writing but I hadn't actually ever contributed to anything before but yeah it was something that that really really appealed to me and um yeah it was just a great opportunity
0: yeah and you know it's interesting because um you you sent me a draft which I really appreciate, thank you, because I think that was really important for me to chatting to you today. I wanted to really dive into that so we could talk about the experience of the book. And I know that, you know, it may be adjusted slightly in editing or whatever, but let's talk about that draft because I think there was some really powerful stuff in there. Um, You cover some very personal topics in your chapter and you also make reference to a line that I'm not going to forget, which is beer bongs to babies, (laughs) beer bongs to babies. And I thought... That, sound, that actually sounded a little bit fun until I started getting more into it and really reading through your experience of what that actually meant to you. So you talk about, you know, being an alcoholic, how um, there was really a, a draw to, to drinking often. Tell me about that struggle and, and, and why that was part of your life at the
1: time. So beer bongs to babies was actually going to be the title of my book. Ah, I see. That's a great one. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I mean I was a very quintessential party girl. Um, and it was it was a it was a tough decision whether or not to write about that in a book because it is something that that puts yourself out there. Yeah. Um and not everybody is going to like it. Not everybody's going to understand. Um, And it's also something that I wasn't sure my family would appreciate. So time will tell. Um, But I wanted to talk about it because I think that drinking culture is becoming a bigger issue um, everywhere around the world, but especially in Australia um, from the numbers that I've kind of seen going up, especially around women. So it's something that I wanted to address um it's it's not something like I don't think you you wake up one day and you're just an alcoholic it's something that that creeps up on you um and it starts off you know you're just having a good time and then all of a sudden it's something more so I wanted to to dive into that and to and to talk about that and to let people know that there can be light at the end of a tunnel for me it was just the fact that I wanted to have a family and I wanted to be the best mum that I could possibly be. Um, so yeah, there were a few a few steps along the way that that helped me to get there in the end. Um, but
0: Are you drinking every day, like
1: what? Oh yeah, happened? definitely, definitely. Um, and you know, we're talking four or five bottles of wine a day. Wow. Okay. And a pack of smokes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and I gave it all up at the same time.
0: There's a quote that i that I grabbed here, and I think this was quite an interesting point of view from from when being in that sort of you know, alcoholism mode. but you said, I was a functioning drunk, and I tied being intoxicated to being creative.
1: Yes. and what does that mean? Wow, I see that in so many artists. Um, mm-hmm. when, and I mean, I can still feel what it what it was like for me. Um, as soon as I got to kind of that 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 point um, in my drinking, I'd come up with ideas—so many ideas. I, I had notebooks full of amazing ideas of of photography that I wanted to do, of poetry I would write. Um, you know, all sorts of things. I've got books of songs um, that are actually pretty good, and, <laughs> and I was scared to stop. Because I thought that I would lose that. But at the same time, I wasn't getting anywhere because I was too busy being drunk. (laughs) Totally. So I I wasn't doing any of it. I wasn't living any of it. I was just dreaming. Mm, That's so
0: interesting. So all of these ideas were coming to the forefront, but you didn't have the ability to action anything, which probably causes even more frustration and then contributes to that, that downward spiral even further because now you're sitting on what, what you probably think are all these great ideas and then it's, it's deflating.
1: Yeah, that's right. You're so not, funnily not enough, um, when I had my first child um, and I needed something for, for myself, um, I decided to pick up the camera again. Mm-hmm. And one of the, the, the idea that I first actioned um, was something that I had written down years ago um, and I and I put that into action.
0: Yeah. You also say that removing alcohol from your life actually enhanced your creativity and brought you to your full potential.
1: So much, especially that last bit, the full potential. Mm. Um, and I would have never dreamed how much success I could have if I just, the bottle down. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. Never dreamt it.
0: Do you you talk about sobriety? So so how are you going today? Uh
1: four years without a drink or a cigarette.
0: Congratulations. Thank you. I know the cigarette one, don't worry, um (laughs) I don't I don't anymore. But you know, I get it. I get it. Yeah. Um that's amazing. Congratulations. And so can you can you have an occasional drink or it's a big no gozo? Um
1: I'm not going to say never. Um, because I think people's relationships with alcohol changes throughout their life. For me, it's a, it's a no at the moment, but I'm, I'm also breastfeeding. Um, oh, so yeah, my little boy is almost 18 months now. Yeah. Um, he can chew a steak, but he still wants the breast more than anything. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm still breastfeeding. Um, so yeah, it's definitely a no for me at the moment, but I, I don't say never, um, I like to think that one day maybe I can have a a relationship with alcohol that isn't isn't negative, but I also am aware that I have a bit of an addictive personality. So Mm -hmm. I've been addicted to different things in different stages of my life, Um, so cigarettes, alcohol. I've also been addicted to exercise Um, and I'm currently and very, very aware that I'm addicted to work. Yes. So um, I can't. Stop! I work at every opportunity, every second that I can. I work, Mm. Um, but I also love my work. If I won a million dollars, ten million dollars tomorrow, I would still work. And I think, (laughs) and I would do exactly what I'm doing now,
0: channeling maybe that addictive personality into something that's more positive at, at the very least, and something you're passionate about because you. You know, you did say in your earlier years you were really un- unhappy in your path of photography. And so, you know, until you got to that point of being a mother and then, like you said, circling back to what you said there, picking up that the camera again. What was that like? I mean, you talk about being a mum and then did that mean you stopped photography for a little while before you kind of went back to it? I like, did. What um- was that adjustment?
1: I had made the decision um, to quit photography the second I got pregnant. Wow. Um, okay. Because, well, for starters, I was worried I was going to get sick. I was worried about morning sickness. So I stopped booking any weddings or anything like that. Thank God I did because I got tremendously sick.
0: <laughs> yeah, and weddings is a big one. You really don't want to let those people down
1: on their No, own. that's right. So I just yeah. didn't take any more bookings. Um, thankfully, I had no problems falling pregnant with my first child. I fell pregnant like within. Well, the first time we tried, I fell pregnant, and that then you know, it stuck, and that was wonderful. Um, but yeah, I was very very sick, so I'd made that decision that that was that was it, um, and I was planning on being a stay at home mum, you know, forever. I was planning on homeschooling. I was I was planning. I had a lot of plans. Um, <laughs> <laughs> homeschooling.
0: Yeah. Well, you're in Queensland, we're in Sydney, and I will tell you now, do you homeschool now? No. <laughs> no, no, mine are
1: only oh, yeah, one, no. they're only 18 months and, and yeah, three. No, don't do so, it. Don't do to yourself. <laughs> no, um, I've, yeah, I've since very much changed my mind on that, Um. as with a lot of things that I was just clueless about. Um, yeah. But, yeah, so.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And for anyone listening who doesn't get what I just said about the Queensland Sydney thing, because Queensland, where you've been anyway in Queensland, has been quite free of COVID and not in lockdowns. Whereas in Sydney, we just did like a four month stint of homeschooling our kids in like COVID lockdowns. So I wouldn't wish that upon anyone. No. Oh, I mean, and kudos to those who love homeschooling. That's great. Yes. But for me, no. Yeah. Especially running a business, it's so hard, you know, and then yeah. you just feel like you're a failure in all aspects of your life.
1: Yeah, that's <laughs> so. right. Nothing's going according to plan when, you, uh, when you've got them home. They're banging on the door. Yes, totally. Every, every nappy, every snack. <laughs> yeah,
0: absolutely. I lo- another thing that you said, which I love because I often feel this too, but no one ever talks about it, is you felt bored in motherhood. Totally. I mean, we're all meant to, no one's meant allowed to say that. Oh, But being a stay-at-home mum for some, not for all, for some, including me, oh, it's just a bit boring,
1: isn't it? It was so important to me in this book that I said all the things you're not supposed to say. Yeah. That was so important to me yeah. because when it actually comes down to it and you're talking to other women and they open up, just about all of them feel it but you're not allowed to talk about it so it was really important to me that I just put it out there and went who cares you know and I would go so far as to say I hated it I was so bored so 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 bored there was there was nothing for me um and I was also living on a property by myself my husband was working away um it was just terrible and that's what kind of um prompted me to pick up the camera because i just needed something for me just one little thing
0: yeah absolutely and so that was really your pathway through that challenge of you know the boredom being alone at home being a new mum, all those things that really brought you back to your craft yes so that that's beautiful um Look, I have to ask and, you know, I've only got a couple of questions left, so it won't keep you too long, but (laughs) I want to ask going back again to that everyone's a photographer comment, right? (laughs) Everyone's a photographer. Can I ask you just on a personal thing, Instagram filters, yay or
1: nay? (laughs) I say go for it, you know, like (laughs) why not? Um, I had someone comment really funnily on one of my posts the other day um you know something like this is so photoshopped mm. <laughs> and i was like well yeah um i'm all for filters i don't i don't personally i don't use instagram filters because i post off my um desktop so i don't apply them to any of the photos that go on there but obviously mine are already heavily edited and filtered and, and whatever in photoshop um I am not an Instagram queen by any means. I seem to get a lot more engagement through Facebook, so it must be that kind of age um, where I get the most most engagement through Facebook. Instagram, for me, I call it my toilet app. Oh, really? (laughs) Because I only ever look at it if I'm sitting on the toilet. (laughs) I love that.
0: That's so funny. Actually, I just recently deleted Facebook off my phone, so I did a time audit. And yeah. 10% of my waking hours was spent on social media. Wow.
1: And I was like, that's terrible. I have Messenger so I on my phone, it. but I don't actually have the Facebook app on my phone. And I haven't for about a, a two years now.
0: Yeah, I'm I'm loving having it off, actually. I still kept Instagram because I'm just not in like I'm not as addicted to that at all. And so once in a while, I'll have a look and that's okay. But if I need to use Facebook, it's for business or just to check things a little bit on my laptop for a little bit. And that's the end of it. But it's not at my fingertips, you know. But, okay, all right, so filters are a yay. Thanks for that. (laughs) Tell me, who
1: inspires you?
0: You know, where do you get your inspiration from? Adore Delano.
1: (laughs) Adore Delano inspires me so much. Favourite, favourite, favourite drag queen. Um, it? Sorry, say that again. Adore Delano. Okay. So Adore um, probably became a little bit more famous in Australia um, for being on Season 6 of RuPaul's Drag Race. Ah, okay. So that's probably where most people would would know Adore Delano from. Um, But he is a singer, songwriter, poet, um, and just an amazing human being. I find that I feel like I have a lot in common um, with him. And, yeah, he inspires me so much. Um, A lot of my most recent photography and the self-portraits that I've done have all been inspired by his songs. Oh, Wow. And so, what's next for Carrie? What's next? Next, um, I'm really, really excited because as part of my three year bachelor of photography, I actually did a um, underwater photography certificate. So next, I didn't know to that me, was even a thing. Yeah. So wow. next for me is um, setting up an underwater studio, essentially, um, and I want to do underwater fashion.
0: Hmm. I never knew you could even do a course in that. That is insane yeah. for me. I there's so, something for everything, isn't there? It's yeah, amazing. definitely. Definitely. Why underwater? What's what's sort of drawing you oh, to that space? It's
1: magical and it's dreamy. And um I think if you do it right, like I'm thinking, you know, big wigs and yeah. <laughs> and floating chiffon and and just gorgeousness, um, it's probably still a fair way away. It takes a lot of money to set up something like that. So Mm -hmm. it's something that I'm working on and I hope it happens next year. Um, But I'm also currently working on a a second business that is not photography related at all. Um, Mm -hmm. When I signed my divorce papers, I was like, right, new business. New beginnings, new beginnings yeah what, can um, i ask what, what area that's in what, what uh, it's called house of botanica i haven't even launched my instagram or facebook pages yet mm-hmm. um it's a skincare care um, and bath product line wow um, i've been suffering a lot with my skin going through the amount of stress that i have been with with my divorce and everything um and i wanted something that um focused on On sensitive skin, on middle-aged skin, Um, I have rosacea and things like that going on. So I wanted something um, that was natural and I couldn't really find exactly what I wanted in a product. So what do you do? You start manufacturing your own.
0: (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's the entrepreneurial spirit, isn't it? Always, you know, the ideas come, you look for a solution. Hey, I'll create it myself. I love
1: That's that. Right. That's right. Beautiful. And I found an amazing artist who is doing um, some beautiful artwork for me that is actually inspired by my photos. So I sent her some of my photos, and she's doing up these gorgeous, um, kind of uh, vintage um, but but very arty, um, whimsical images that I can use for for the packaging and things like that. So. Really excited so about they're that.
0: They're still bringing that art back into the product line. I love yeah. that. All right. Well, thank you so much for being here today. Um, How can people find you if they want to learn more about what you do or you? So
1: I've got sixcrowsfineart.com, um, Carrie at Six Crows Fine Art. Um, I've got my Facebook page, Six Crows Fine Art and Six Crows Fine Art Brisbane. And Instagram is at Six Crows Fine Art. Lots of Six Crows Finer. Six I crows love finer. it. I love it. Can I ask
0: what inspired that name? Because that's quite an interesting one.
1: Yes. Um, so as a family, we we laugh a lot, my mum, my dad and I. And we were sitting around the back table at their place and just, just laughing. And mum said, oh, we sound like a pack of crows, you know. And I was looking for a business name at the time. And I thought, I quite like crows. Um, yeah. Not everyone does, but <laughs> I do. there comes that darker side. That's the darker side, yeah. And so I looked up the meaning. My favourite number is actually six. So I looked that up first and it meant massive financial gain or huge financial failure. (laughs) And I thought, well, that's kind of what it is. I'm putting everything, like every cent and every bit of energy I have into this business. It's either going to go one way or the other.
0: I love that. And now I'm just imagining you sitting down with your family cacking up like crows. gorgeous (laughs) gorgeous yeah. well, <laughs> thank you is. thank you so much for today carrie um it's been a pleasure having you on the show and remembering everyone that both um, carrie and i are co-authors with a bunch of women like we're talking over 20 women with the book the women changing the world you can grab a copy from any great bookstores thank you so much carrie i was so you know So blessed to have a photographer on today. My very first one for the show. Yay. Yay. Thank you for having me. (laughs) All right. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. If you enjoyed listening and would like to hear more, be sure to click subscribe. If you're really feeling the love, share us with your friends. To work with me or to simply find out more about the magic of creativity, arts and business, head to my website, josephilancuba.com and you can find me on socials. I also have a book that I've co-written with a bunch of amazing entrepreneurial women called The Women Changing the World. And you can grab a copy of that at com forward slash books. Thanks for listening.